0: Hey guys, what's up? Here's my interview with Friedberry writer, director, Ryan Krueger. I ended up really loving this movie. I, I'm not a big fan of horror thrillers as much as Eric or Bruce, Eric Holmes or Bruce Perky, my co-host. And I, it was weird because I'm the one who was the one who did not want to actually see this movie. I was dreading watching Friedberry months ago. And out of the three, I'm the one who really loved it and fell in love with it just to the nth degree. Both of them gave it mild recommendations. And I give it very strong recommendations. Now, if you're not a physical media person and you are a streaming person, you can catch, catch Fried Berry currently on streaming on Shudder. Okay, so, so first off, check it out on Shudder. Give it, you know, Eric likes to say this, give the movie a little bit of time. If you are offended by maybe the first 15 minutes, like Eric says, maybe you can check out of the movie. But I, for me, it just goes completely overboard in a good way. And it's a very intense movie. I loved it. Loved, loved. And it's comedic. It has a lot of dark humor. And there's a lot of, I can't believe this is happening in front of the screen. So this gets a very strong recommend from me. And just the the caveat to this is Eric Holmes and Bruce Porky gave it both a mild recommendation. Now, the reason why I interviewed Ryan Krueger, the the filmmaker behind Friedberry, is Friedberry came out this week earlier, this week on October 5th, on Blu-ray and DVD via RLJE Entertainment. So I can't really... I requested a review copy of it. I, I don't have... I, I'm, re, I'm recording this right now without actually having my hands on the Blu-ray package and telling you what kind of special features there that are on the disc. But I definitely recommend if you're a physical media fan, you know, maybe check it out on Shutter first and if you love it, like I do, maybe purchase it on Blu-ray or DVD. So, but there also... Just this one, this one thing that's really inspiring to me regarding Friedberry is the fact that when Ryan Ryan Kruger was inspired several years back to make this movie because he was undergoing, a he underwent, I believe, a kidney operation. From this operation, he had sepsis. During this time, his cat got cancer. His girlfriend left him. Oh, just a litany. a jo- He was basically living a Job-like existence. And he quote during the interview he called it the worst time of his life now within this whole worst time of his life period he got the inspiration to make fried berry and he actually even alluded to maybe if this tragedy or series of tragic events did not occur to him maybe he wouldn't have made fried berry maybe that wouldn't have been a reality or if it was a reality maybe it would have taken him longer to actually write and get it off the ground maybe he would be more complacent or just careful this one he just went for it and you can tell by the aesthetic of the movie it's it's really it's shot by someone <laughs> the story is told by someone who just really wants to go for it and he understands that a lot of people are really not going to like friedberry but there's also going to be a a big fan base and i'm sure he's he's outcrafted. he's actually heard from a lot of people who've actually loved friedberry this is a very you know, you're, you're either on or you're either off on on fried So that is my warning, or maybe that's my actually my way of alluring you to just uh, to this whole movie because it could be you can go eat either really high or really low with fried berry. Thankfully, I went really high with fried berry. Now here's the interview. It's a very very good interview with Krueger because he gets really open about that time in his life that, which inspired him to make the movie. And speaking of movies, towards the end of the interview, he also talks about how the movies Aliens and Christine. Christine obviously directed by John Carpenter. By the way, I still have not seen Christine. He talks about how some of these movies have influenced himself as a filmmaker. Finally, he also talks about the soundtrack behind Friedberry. I'll leave a link to that, a Spotify link to it on the podcast show notes. It's composed by this musician named Hazer, and the soundtrack is very atmospheric, immersive, and scary, creepy, and it's one of the many great things about Friedberry. I do wish while I was doing this podcast, I had a Blu-ray to say, hey, I checked out this featurette or, or commentary. And next time down the road when I interview filmmakers, hopefully I'll have these discs on my person. I will have seen it, reviewed it, and give you guys a load on whether you guys should buy it or not. And yeah. Okay. So also, I'm going to make sure that me, Eric, and Bruce were more a little bit more... I guess we, we have more of a foot into the whole socials thing, the social media thing. So... Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and what's what's the other one? And Twitter. So I'm going to leave that, those links down below. One of the things I want to do with with um, with the whole find your film ecosystem is to actually make it a sort of a I don't know, not just a podcast thing, but more of a a way to curate our movies. So more on that down the road. But this is, I guess, a step. Hopefully a little step in that direction where I'm just going to interview a lot of people for maybe, you know, I'm not, I just want to interview as many people as I can with interesting movies and we can put it here on this find your film ecosystem and hopefully some of you guys will come back and say, hey, you know what? You were completely effing wrong. Friedberry sucks. F you, Greg. And all that stuff. The bottom line is it's important. I think it's uh, not important. I think it's great that we all have this dialogue about cinema, whether we love it or not. And I mean, in my opinion, one one opinion is not wrong or right. And that's something I should actually take heed myself. But thanks again for supporting me, Bruce Berkey, and Eric Holmes on the Find Your Film podcast. Here is my interview with Friedberry filmmaker Ryan Kruger. I'll leave the notes on our on our show notes. You'll see you'll have an, like links on on how to purchase it and everything like that. And if you can use our Amazon links to purchase the Blu-ray or DVD, that, that money will go to uh, this podcast and the Cinematics podcast as well. So thank you so much for your patronage on that end as well. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ryan, first off, I'm a huge fan of uh, Fryberry. I really love your film. And when it first came uh, out. We- thank you so much. Now, you know, Shudder fans are very picky. And I looked on Shudder right now and it had four out of five skulls. Is that a cool thing to get that feedback? You know, you've said either people are going to really love it or really hate it. But how cool was it to get that kind of reception, first of all, on Shudder?
1: Yeah, no, I think the whole experience has been, uh, yeah, it's been amazing. And I mean, Fryberry getting on Shudder, it's the perfect, you know, the perfect home for it. And, you know, the, the amount of people that have, you know, checked it on Shudder and reached out to me has been like insane. Like it's been, it's been insane trying to hard to tie, keep, keep it up with everybody. But yeah, the fans are just, yeah, they're, they're, they're just loving it. Yeah.
0: No, I was I was, I saw in a previous interview that you said why, why you were making this before you made this, you had some kind of uh, kidney surgery or infection. You had sepsis. A lot of people can actually, when that happens, when tragedy strikes like that, they can just cash it in and not go for it. Can you just talk about that fork in the road and your decision to really just go for it and not cash it in?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've always been very uh, driven and ambitious. I'm always like, you know, got to do it, got to do it, got to get things done. And I've, you know, I've always, I've always been like that. And in my career at the time, I just got to a point where uh, I haven't made my film yet. I've always wanted to make a feature film. It's not happened. I've come close five times and like depression, just kind of like set in, and it was just getting slowly like worse and worse. And then, um, yeah, and then in, I ended up getting these like pains in my in in my uh, lower stomach. And then I thought, like, oh fuck, like I must have cancer or something because I had all these like scans and nobody could tell me anything. And obviously, you know, you always think, you know, you always think the worst. And then uh, eventually, I had this one scan. And they were like, we don't know what that is, but we. You've got a, you know, something wrong with your kidney and you're going to need a stent and this and this and this. And then I had the operation and yeah, I had, I had the operation, uh, got sepsis, nearly died. Uh, my cat had cancer, lost a girlfriend at the time. It was just like, just like really kicking me, you know, while I was down uh, and sitting at the bottom of that pit, uh, I was done. I was like finished, but then, you know, I, you know, I didn't want to take medication. I didn't want to see a psychiatrist, and that's just me being me and being <laughs> stupid. But I, I was lucky. Luckily, I was lucky enough to new to know what I could do to make me feel better and to get me out of this. And it was to make a futureful. And when I, as soon as I thought of that, I'm like, I'm doing it. That's like, I'm doing it. There's, there's, there's no better time than now. And I should have thought that a long time ago. But the, the, the great thing is something can, something great can come out of a bad thing. You know what I mean? And, you know, maybe if this shit didn't happen to me, then maybe, maybe I would have still been plodding around, not plodding around, but still trying to do what I do. But I think it, it, uh, even though it was the worst time of my life, uh, I'm so grateful that I actually went through it in such a fucking weird way because it literally made me have fried berry. It, it it made me push, push myself to the limits and it was quick. It wasn't even like a few months or a year down the line. It was literally, I wrote a, a brief 50% brief scene uh, breakdown within three days, spoke to my producer I wanted to develop the movie as I went. Uh, a month later, we started shooting. That's literally how how quick it all got together. But when I had the idea, I knew that this is the one. This is this is like literally the one to do because I think as a first time feature film director, it's such a big thing to think. You know, which one am I going to do first? Uh, you know, which script should I choose? And I had all these other scripts probably, but it would have been way easier to choose one of the other ones on the table. But when I got the idea, I was like, Oh, this is different. I haven't seen it before. Uh, I needed it to to be something that I could be super, super, super creative with. And obviously it was, it was Fry Barry. It was the right one. It was the right uh, choice to make, you know,
0: was one of the reasons why it was the right choice to make is just as a viewer viewer watching this, it doesn't feel like it's tethered to, compromise or pandering. It's yeah. just a very you...
1: bold movie. <laughs> yeah. And it,
0: yeah. it feels like it's someone who passion who wanted to really passionately make it and he or she had a I I don't give an F attitude about the about the narrative. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes you gotta go go really bold. Was that one of the reasons why this was the right one for you to do?
1: It it, it was just the right one because like I said like I hadn't seen this film before. So obviously we need to think out the box, you know, as filmmakers, and we need to do something different. But it was, it was, it was just the type of film and the the, the setup of the story and character, and having uh, uh, Gary, a, a non-trained actor, it was, it was all these things that that, that gelled together. That it was like that I could really, really be creative. There's, I mean, most films that get greenlit, this is the script, this is how it's going to be, and then that's it. You know, so with with this film, I wanted to live in the moment and be organic. And yes, I wrote wrote all the main pieces of dialogue, but at any time, I could change anything. You know, the setup is there. This, you know, there's this actor and there's this actor, but that I can change everything. And and you, you can't really do that in most films that you you know that you make with you know with a studio. So it was great to to you know shoot on the hip and just. And have when you have a great idea, go, let's do that. And that's where a lot of the beautiful gems in Fry Barry just was born. You know,
0: What did you see in Gary that you just had really a huge deal of confidence? Because he's not a thespian. He's not a vet. And for, for this movie to work, he has to really pull it off. You have to have confidence in him. And on top of that, you have to have confidence in you as a collaborator to help orchestrate these scenes with him, as you know.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I met Gary about uh, probably about 11, 12 years ago. And I just loved his look. You know, he's just got this presence and this striking look. So, you know, originally, you know, we shot the three minute experimental film, also called Fry Barry, in 2017. You know, and over the years, I'll put Gary in like music videos that I've done. But, uh, when I got the idea for the feature, I was just like, uh, we, that's why I said, when I had the idea and how the story would work and how the character and that he wouldn't say that much, I know I could pull it off with Gary because I'm not asking a non-actor to deliver this, you know, shitload of uh, dialogue and all this. It was just perfect that even if the line delivery was bad it would be okay because he's a fucking alien. So it's, it's, it's it, you know, it's okay that it it would sound a bit odd or weird. He's a, he's a you know, an alien in a, in a human body. So there was all those things that just ticked all the boxes that just, you know, just made it work. And, and with Gary, there's, you know, he worked super hard, uh, you know, and trusted me a hell of a lot because I didn't, I didn't let him do any, you know, improv, and um, because of you know his background, and then he did that clean slate every day to work with him to get exactly what I wanted. Because as you said, the movie, well, one, the movie's called Fry Barry, and he is the in the main thing in the movie, and the movie relies on him to, to make it work. So he trusted me, and and we, you know, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun working, and you know, he didn't even know what we were shooting until 30 40 minutes before we were shooting it was because I needed that clean slate to go we're doing this so I didn't want him to pre-organize or pre uh, re- rehearse or anything I needed to to be completely you know uh, clean slates because if he started to learn something it would I know the the type of person Gary is that would take me longer to get rid of that and then start fresh again so I needed that clean slate uh, and and the interesting thing was, you know, his character is, you know, mimicking all these people that, you know, that he meets. And then it was ironic because directing him, you know, a lot of the time I'm, you know, I'm by the side of the camera going, OK, Gary, copy my face. OK, now do this face. Now do this face. And, you know, and that was because I shoot for the edit and I'm busy editing the film in my head where I'm like, OK, I've got this guy's reaction. Uh, uh, now I need you know, A, B, C for, you know, Gary's reactions and then also have some options. So it hits those like comedy beats or those weird, you know, those weird moments. But, uh but yeah, the, as I said, the main reason for picking Gary Green was his, uh, you know, his great unique look that, cause nobody looks like him. Nobody's going to go up to him and think he's somebody else. It's like, that's, that's Fry Barry. That's, that's the guy, you know?
0: You know, if some, if people go, go to friedberry.com they can, pick up, order some merch from the movie. And just wondering, this is very early days, Ryan. So I'm asking you this kind of on the spot, but the idea of now, you know, NFTs are really blooming, and just wondering, a lot of filmmakers are getting into the whole non-fungible tokens. Is that a space, that a creative space, that maybe down the road with with either Fried Berry or maybe your future films, you might explore the NFT space? Like someone might want to, you you can release a hundred NFTs of Fried Berry and just put it out on the market, and people can buy it with Ethereum or Solana. Have you even explored that arena yet?
1: Um, we've we've looked in. You see, I'm big on a uh, marketing. So if you go on you know the website or the instagram page you you I'm always thinking like out the box and that's why uh, just going a little bit off topic what you were saying but that's why you know I love the 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 idea of this film for marketing was endless there's so many things that you can do with this character and you know if you check instagram for the like the mini adverts and stuff that we've done it's it's like endless and you can't do that with every film so this is the this film is so open that You know, it's endless to to the amount of ideas that you can take out of the, you know, out of the film and go all these different ways, like you said, now. So it it really is just a, you know, a big um, pit of of ideas that you can bring, you know, that you can take out of this movie and do.
0: So just wondering about the Blu-ray and DVD releases here stateside next week. How excited are you for that? I'm sure growing up, you must have been a big, or even now must be a big physical media fan as well. So that must be great for you.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And it's funny because, you know, there's a lot of people that's, you know, reviewing uh, the movie, uh, you know, that's got the Blu-ray and stuff. I'm like, I look, I see these things online. I'm like, I haven't even got the Blu-ray yet. I haven't even <laughs> I haven't even uh, held it yet. So for me as like you said I'm I love to have that like you know that physical uh, uh, copy of the movie so I'm I'm looking forward to uh you know to to you know all these great horror fans and movie fans to you know to get hold of that and as I said you know there's we have like you know 50 minutes of like bonus footage uh, on the Blu-ray and stuff so yeah it's pretty pretty awesome but yeah as a first film uh, feature film director. I can't wait to have, to have that, uh, you know, that f- physical copy, uh,
0: you know, of the movie. <laughs> Final question to you is just, this is a hard question, but right off the top of your head, can you name one of your all time favorite movies? And what is it about this specific film that still resonates with you today?
1: Ooh, um, I love, uh, I love the movie, uh, Christine. Um, but, uh, I'm going to move to, um, Aliens. Uh, the second aliens film and it's just timeless. It's just no matter how much money you've got now to try and make another film like that, you can't like, it's just a, it's just a brilliant film. The, the, the soundtrack, the, the characters, um, the actors uh, just the overall feel and the puppetry and the animatronics and stuff that they, you know, that they used, Uh, I think it's more puppetry, but um, yeah, just all in camera stuff. And it's, Brilliant, and you know you, they've made so many aliens movies since then, but it still holds so strong. And just the pace in the movie is uh, is uh, is fantastic.
0: You know, I never so gets funny. old. Yeah, never gets old. Just so very quickly, I saw this movie called Titan, and I was thinking, oh, after watching this car film, I need to watch Christine. I, I was thinking about it today, yeah. and you you mentioned Christine very quickly. Can you just quickly mention why this Gordon film still sticks out for you?
1: Yeah, Christine is is very much. Um, it's just a. Uh, Again, it's sometimes it's, it's, I think eighties overall, like eighties films and the music and the cinematography and the look and the textures and the grain of those eighties films compared to now. Everything's too clean now. Everything's, it's like a commercial. Everything's too polished. You know, it's like people that watch films and, and they've just bought a high definition TV and they go, Oh, I've just got a high definition TV. I'm like, oh, it looks fucking, it looks terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's too sharp. Uh, movies aren't meant to be like that, you know? And, you know, with Christine and the the story and just the cool looking car and it's John Carpenter at his best. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I've watched that film so many times as a kid growing up, you know, sitting in my bedroom with my little TV watching it. And yeah, it's just an awesome I just, I just love the feel and the tone, you know, of the movie. And my, definitely my favorite scene is, you know, just that scene when he, when the car's all messed up and he's standing there and he's like, show me. And then the car just starts to, you know, build itself back together again. It's like, yeah, super awesome film.
0: And as you're leaving, Carpenter was, is a great composer as well. How important was it to have this just really organic music to your film? And it's a cliche, but really it's, it's a huge character in your movie.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think people, I think filmmakers underestimate how important it is. And, you know, it's like looking at Blade Runner, taking Vangelis off it. It's not the same movie. And I knew from the start that Hazer, uh, his his sound design and music goes hand in hand with my visuals. And I knew he would, you know, he would kill it from, you know, from the start. And it's it's such a important thing in in filmmaking and it 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 really made the film a hundred times you know stronger and i think i think a lot of people forget like if you think of all the old school movies that we like, whether it's like Empire of the Sun or Indiana Jones or E.T., a big part of all those movies is the music. And I think some people forget, they go, oh yeah, the movie's great. But the music is such a big part of those movies that even like if you watch like Poltergeist and stuff like that, it's a, you know, the intro with, you know, the kids in the streets, it's it's such a big part of of the movies. And I, I think coming back to the 80s, then they did it, they just did it way more then than they do now, you know?
0: Ryan, thank you so much for your time. And any filmmaker, creator who mentions Empire of the Sun is always good in my book. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) And great job with with Fryberry and hope to talk to you uh, down the road again. Amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me, man.